welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. Let's forget the fact that I was like unloading all my life's problems on you a second ago. Yeah. Uh, and pretend I'm doing great. There you um, go. Uh, I also like, I always feel like really stupid whenever I complain about my life to you because <laughs> you've been in a, a hospital bed for over a year. Yeah. And But that's the thing is, you know, while I do understand that my situation is probably objectively worse than most people's, like, you know, uh, you don't know what this is like, and so the problems that you have are very, they're, they're still very serious, you know, like, it's not like this is the only problem that's worth anything. Like, I had a friend who, uh, whose mother passed away recently, and you know, he's like, he goes, oh, I feel like I shouldn't be talking about this. It's like, you just lost someone, man. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and so, like, there's other problems besides this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm perfectly fine with people telling me, like, what's going on in their lives. At the very least, it gives me a, a, bit, of, a bit of a distraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you could be like, glad I'm not that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, I just get to sit around and watch movies all day. <laughs> and then, you know, in that brief moment of silence before between movies, uh, yeah, sure, there's just the sound of uh, hellish screaming going on in my head. But then I turn on the next movie and it's yeah, fine. That's what movies are good for. Exactly. Um, now, I know uh, uh, I have something I want to talk about here. Uh, and I, uh, as I recall here at your facility, you have a ton of streaming services, but I, I don't do. think... You have the Criterion Channel here. I don't. Okay. Um, so, uh, and this is this is coincidentally on. I can't remember if it was the most recent or the most upcoming or the upcoming Patreon. Scott and I talked about this, but there's been more since. So you know, uh, the Criterion Channel will have little like themes. Like this yeah. month, we're having. So what they're doing right now, I think leading up to Halloween, they are highlighting '90s horror movies. Okay. And I've seen uh, from multiple people on the internet, including people whose opinions I, uh, I, I I generally value, some pushback against the idea that a movie like I Know What You Did Last Summer is going to be on the Criterion channel. And to me, I, I think by contextualizing it the way that they have, yeah. I, I, I don't think that Criterion putting a movie on their channel is Criterion saying this movie is good. Right. They're saying this is a, this thing, this 90s horror thing is something that is notable and worthwhile and this is a prime example of it. So I think academically I am 100% okay with a movie like I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I saw at the time and don't really like remember feeling. It's fine. Yeah, I remember hating it. I don't remember liking it. It's, it's, uh, you know, screams little brother and uh so it's a little bit annoying and all that but but that's the thing it's like i think kevin williamson was involved in some way and that's the thing is like outside of scream or at, rather after scream he made such a difference in 90s horror and sci-fi that i feel like to only focus on scream um i think is a mistake you know it's like it's like hey we've we're doing something about 80s horror but we're only going to feature the first Friday the 13th you know the one where Jason isn't the killer <laughs> yeah um and so I yeah no I uh I would definitely not read it that way like if they're going to do like if they were going to do like a series on like disaster movies you know and then they showed Armageddon which admittedly was in the Criterion is, Collection is part for of the a time yeah. yeah um but nonetheless if they let's say it wasn't uh, then, like, yeah, I would totally expect them to show Armageddon or the Towering Inferno or any other, or maybe even, you know, 2012, yeah. you know, the Roland Emmerich movie. Like, I would expect that because it's not like they're saying this is a great movie so much as this was a movie that is a good example of this subgenre mm-hmm. and one that a lot of people probably associate with the subgenre. Right. So, yeah, I don't... Uh, this kind of sounds like gatekeeping a little bit. <laughs> uh, there's a, well, a couple things. One, um, I think it's, I know, I, st- I know what you did last summer 
Who's I know Buffy. Sorry, Sarah Michelle Gellar is in it, <laughs> right? I don't remember who else is. Is Ryan Phillippe in it, or am I just like making that connection because of Cruel Intentions? Um, Wait, which one? Which one was Jennifer Love Hewitt? Jennifer Love Hewitt is okay. I know what you did last summer is uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Anne Heche, Ryan okay. Phillippe, Freddie right. Prince Jr. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, so you got that SMG and FPJ. Who are, have been married for years now? Yeah. Apparently, Johnny Galecki's in this. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. At the time, I probably would have been like into watching it for Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. And I, I think at that time I didn't like Ryan Phillippe. Right. I think it kind of took like Gosford Park and yeah. The Way of the Gun. I think, which were back to back years. Although I just said them in reverse order: it was yeah. Way of the Gun, then Gosford Park. For me, I to think like I Ryan think uh, fifty four is the thing that got me thinking okay. of them in a slightly different way. Okay. But in retrospect, he was a perfectly fine actor in I Know What You Did Last Summer and Cruel Intentions. Like, I think he was I think he was talented at the time and then just got better. Yeah. But I think because there was kind of a pretty boy quality, yeah, I, I think I was inclined to dismiss him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then I was also going to say, you mentioned Friday the 13th. Do you know I have never seen Friday the 13th? Um, oh, all right. But there is an upcoming Friday the 13th in October in just a couple oh, of weeks. Yes. So I'm going to remedy that. I'm going to watch it on Friday the 13th. Okay. That's a, that, that's a plan. Um, so, yeah, but back to the thing. I mean, you mentioned gatekeeping, but I also think there's... This that, is what, that might not be the right word for it. But I, um, I think... This is something, this is what, what, no, you're Tyler, what Scott and I yeah. talked about on the Patreon that might have already posted or not, I can't keep these things straight, um, which is that, like, a bad movie becomes more valuable the older it gets because it becomes an historical document. Sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, what got us talking about this, actually, uh, so this is a, yeah, patreon.com slash battleship pretension, but this is a sneak peek at a, a conversation Scott and I had. So here's the... I was talking to Natalie about MASH because I love the TV show MASH and right. she hates it. Oh, she hates well, it. Well, she, I think she's never given it a chance. I think she, sure. like, as a kid, she'd be watching, like, fun comedy reruns and yeah. then MASH would come on and she'd be, like, boring and turn it off. And I think she still has that association. Yeah. Um, where I love MASH. So we were talking about MASH. Here's, here's the train. I was talking about MASH. I was talking about the theme song, which in the TV show doesn't have any lyrics but right. it's called Suicide is Painless yeah. and then I was talking about the fact that Marilyn Manson did a cover of Suicide is Painless for the soundtrack to Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows which I never saw because everyone yeah. said it was terrible yeah. but now I was thinking like I'll bet it's fascinating even though it's bad I'll bet oh, now with this much time I'll bet Book of Shadows is an interesting document of like a I studio think- that like just absolutely rushed this movie yeah. that had nothing to do with the, the original or its creators, right? I don't think... I don't think so, no. Yeah, um, it, it probably is such a time capsule. <laughs> well, and I do think that, like... I think especially uh, with genre movies, because genre tend to reflect... You know, they, they reflect, like, the culture of the time, mm-hmm. but also, like you said... Um, there is this tendency within that genre, especially, to just rush into the next thing. Like, there were, like, eight Friday the 13th movies in the 80s. Yeah. You know, and that's not because uh, not because they were taking their time with them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, just seeing something as, like, you know, like, um, gosh, where was it? I think it was at the Egyptian a few years ago that they were showing Halloween and Halloween 2, which takes place the same night. Right. And I'd seen Halloween 2 already, um, and I knew that it wasn't nearly as good as the first Halloween, but I liked watching one right after another because it's supposed to be the same night, Mm -hmm. and you just see how much... And, like, if you watch them right in a row, it does just feel like a continuation but so different. So just, like, watching this stuff, like, academically is like, let's see how they do this, even though you know that they're not going to do it very well. Yeah. Like, you just kind of still want to watch it again as sort of a time capsule and sort of it can capture, like, the studio mentality of the time or the audience mentality of the time. Um, 
Okay, before we move on, I, I, I will say I just looked it up, and the movie that I was calling Blitter Witch 2 Book of Shadows is technically called Book of Shadows Blitter Witch 2. There we go, yeah. And it is on Paramount+. Plus. You can stream it right All now right. on Paramount+. Plus. I'm gonna. Let's <laughs> okay. stop recording. Yeah. Um, but before that, real quick, I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional... I'm sorry. Professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors that look great. They sound great. Uh, I use them each and every day of my life. Tyler hopes to go back to using them each and every day uh, sometime soon. I, I haven't been using them, but uh, in the spirit of like talking about music, I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of Portishead lately. Oh yeah, um, which I've always liked. Um, yeah. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because it was playing when uh, like a nurse came in. And they were, I think, putting me in my wheelchair. And so it was playing, and one, and one of the CNA said, like, this music kind of scares me. <laughs> and I was like, that's right. That's as it should be. I remember a couple things about Portishead. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when we did the Needle Drops episode with Sean for 2020 or 2021, mm-hmm. um, one of my picks was a, a Portishead song off of third, their third album, mm-hmm. which I reflexively thought of as the new stuff oh, of course. and then realized because there was a big break between their second and third album. Yeah. But then I realized more time has passed since the third album came out than had passed between the second oh, and third absolutely. albums. And I was like, Oh man. Uh, another thing, there used to be a wine and beer tasting room in solving where Natalie and I mm-hmm. go to solving all the time for wine tasting and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, there used to be a, a room called, uh, a place called Wandering Dog. Okay. And every time I would see the sign and walk past it, I would get Wandering Star by Portishead <laughs> stuck in my head. But it happened. It was for so long that now the place isn't even there anymore, but just walking past oh, of that place gets that song stuck in my yeah. head. So at least four or five times a year, I walk around singing Wandering Star to myself. Uh, great song, though. Um, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't listening to Portishead, Portishead on my tweet to audio.com earbuds today. Today I was listening to the new album by a metal band called Tomb Mold. Uh, the new album is called The Enduring Spirit, and it's great. I um, this is the second great album from Tomb Mold uh, in a row. Um, I don't love saying their name out loud because I think. The fact that both it looks good on paper, tomb mold. Yeah. But the fact that the, the M sound, yeah. you have to you have to stop. Yeah. It's tomb mold. Tomb mold. No one's gonna know what you're saying if you yeah. say tomb mold. Tomb mold. Anyway, um, but great, great album. Sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Tyler, Tyler, we're back. Yes. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? You Indeed. wanted to talk about this. Uh, yeah. Lay it out for us. All right. So, this is going to sound uh, like I'm talking about, you know, the world of uh, con men or something. <laughs> but, uh, boy, I really wish I was still in the game. Um, and I know that I am yeah, a little bit, but... But not the way I would like to be, you know. Okay. Like, tomorrow there's Alpha Omega Con, which is, like, my one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I would go there and do lectures and stuff. And, oh, right. And I didn't go to International Christian Film Festival. Yeah. And, you know, doing the podcast and all that and going to screenings. I just don't get to do a lot of the stuff that I, that I usually like to do. Um, and, uh, but I do try to keep tabs on film Twitter and just kind of larger conversations that are happening. And um, sometimes it means, like, I become maybe a little bit too obsessed with uh, user comments on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, I want to have my finger on the pulse 
and you know to uh, rewind a little bit there are certain terms uh, culturally and then in film that are so are used so often that certainly I think they've lost their original meaning one of those terms when talking about art is pretentious mm-hmm. people are like oh that was pretentious and what they usually mean is that was weird um, <laughs> and usually that was weird to the point that I don't understand it and I don't like not understanding things so I'm going to label it pretentious yeah. and move on yeah, that that movie thinks it's better than me. The movie thinks it's smarter exactly, than me. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, you know, it's very Boston. Uh, you, know, you think yeah, they're better yeah. than me? Um, um, it reminds me of a very old uh, Paul F. Tompkins bit about jazz. and uh, uh, Yeah. What's the matter, dummy? You don't like our smart people music? <laughs> Maybe you're too dumb, dummy. Um, and then, like, in the larger world, I feel like at this point... The word fascist has lost most of its meaning. I think people throw that out there a lot for almost anything that um, that they don't like. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily agree. I think the word is used a lot because the tenets have reemerged in a lot of ways. I suppose. In, in a, uh, I understand. I think that maybe was true at a time, just like. It was like, for so long, it was lazy to compare any like political figure you didn't like to Adolf Hitler. Sure. And then we had Donald Trump and like Stephen Miller and people who were actually right. like, like Hitler-ish yeah. or Nazi-ish, uh, and it was hard to make that stick. Maybe because so maybe yeah. that's the I always the, the idea is that anyone has like been called fascist, but you've got I think the uh, you know. Donald Trump and the people like him who were, you know, uh, you know, Donald Trump's famous, like, 2016 campaign promise that only I can fix, the, like, that's yeah. fascist. I think the Blue Lives Matter movement is fascist. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's, I always, and I'm not the first person to say this, I always thought Trump was more of a Mussolini, but uh, right. also fascist. Yeah, both but, fascist. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things that, so, like, when I to, when I see it used, yeah, people like people are like, oh, they're putting the com- they're putting like corporations in charge. That's fascist. Fascist. Right, and then other people say like, oh, but it's the government's going to control everything. That's fascist. And it's like, well, what what the fuck, man? Which one do you want? Like, it yeah. can it be both? I guess. Let me. Uh, let me talk about the Blue Lives Matter thing because okay. I want to get this off my chest because it really bothers me. You hate cops. I got it. Well, yeah. I, I said the same thing uh, to get out of jury duty and it worked like a charm. And that was, didn't before, lie. that was before it was cool. Yeah, you hated cops before it was cool. That's true. No, the Blue Lives Matter thing. Here's the problem. Okay. I, here's another, this is a whole other part of it is I consider myself a patriot, but mm. I also things have gotten the word patriot has been so co-opted by yeah. the fascist people on the right I think that I almost feel like I have to apologize for even referring to myself as a patriot right but that's not even the issue the issue is I consider myself a patriot I don't I don't love seeing the American flag desecrated sure but I also like to me someone burning an American flag which I don't love yeah is preferable to the Blue Lives Matter sign because the flag burning, they know what they're doing. Right. The Blue Lives Matter sign is a desecration of the American flag, except oh, yeah. those people don't think it is because they think it is their flag to do with as they please. Right. And that is what's fascist about it. And that's yeah. what makes me, it, my blood boils every time I see one of those Blue yeah, Lives when, Matter stickers. And when somebody like, I don't know, I mean, I, again, it's the flag, you can do what you want with it but at the same time like whenever someone turns it into like a jacket I'm just like yeah all right I know I've complained about that too but I am a hypocrite because I do have a pair of socks that has American flags on it Uh, well now you're basically like stomping on the flag all day (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah, it's and that's the other thing is being conservative conservative as I am like in theory we should be tremendously anti-fascist because we do not believe that the executive branch, like one guy, should have too much power. 
that's the theory. Theory, but, but there are fewer and fewer people who call themselves Republicans who feel that right. way. Right. And I think just increasingly, I think everybody has just put so much stock in the president that uh, that becomes like the yeah. only race that matters. Yeah. And for me, it's like, no, it's all about the Congress. But I'm quickly becoming the minority just in general. Because, um, yeah, and I get it, like, with the Congress, like, shit, man, there's 100 over here, there's 435, 437? I think 435. 435, I don't know why I thought it was 7, but anyway. Yeah. But, like, that's a lot of races to keep track of. Yeah. As opposed to just one race, uh, which is the presidential race. So I get why that's the one that everyone puts stock in. And as a result, I feel like that just puts... All of us in mind that like the president is like the one that does everything but uh but yeah so anyway uh i got us really sidetracked with the uh, fascism yeah you thing. still haven't even mentioned the word that the episode right <laughs> well i wanted to mention those two words because we're going to be talking about something kind of in between and that is the word propaganda uh a word that i read all the time when it comes to movies, um, and I started getting really tired of it, um, because as far as I can tell, the way people use it is, uh, a movie with a message you don't like, um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's just propaganda, and obviously the way a movie is made can, can sort of feed into that, which I get, but it got me thinking about, like, well, what is propaganda, you know? And uh, so I thought it's something that we could discuss here on the show, give some examples of movies that we think might be propaganda. First off, movies that we know are actual propaganda, and then movies that we feel like, I understand why people would think this, but it doesn't really qualify, Um, and that sort of thing. Now, back at school... You took a war propaganda class. Uh, and so, film, yeah, cinema, war propaganda films. Yeah. yeah. So that's, like, the tension of this episode is going to be between the way that you're talking about the word being used, yeah. which is generally incorrect, yeah. and the actual definition of the word. Yeah. Because I, I remember when we were talking about this idea a week or two ago, and you were talking about people calling Barbie propaganda. Right. And my first thought was, like, propaganda... On whose behalf? Mattel's? Because to me, yeah, it's not propaganda unless someone is backing it. Like saying, you know, the, the, the examples being, uh, you know, there's the um, why we fight and all of those like right. great short films, short documentaries that were made by notable uh, filmmakers like John Huston and Frank Capra yeah. and uh, all these people um, during World War II. Those are propaganda because those yeah. they were in they 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 were uh, not enlisted. That's probably the wrong word to use in talking about the military. Uh, they were uh, recruited, recruited yeah. also the wrong word, yeah. by the military to make these movies. Yeah, that, like that's propaganda. So to me, yeah. if you're saying Barbie is propaganda for Mattel. Yeah, that's. I think that's a fair. Yeah, uh, but if you're just saying that's not usually that, how people use it. Though. Yeah, if you're just saying Greta Gerwig made this movie to make feminist talking points and right. arguments, I even that I think is. I, mean, I think that's very superficial, very sure. facetious reading. But like uh, that is. But that's that's didacticism. Maybe. Yeah, it's not propaganda. Right. Like Greta Gerwig is not an official representative of big feminism. <laughs> you know? It's just a filmmaker's point of view and argument. Yeah. I do love the idea of of like every single thing has some kind of big this. Um and uh but yeah it's and so the reason so yeah I saw people calling Barbie propaganda I saw people calling Sound of Freedom propaganda, and then Nefarious, that movie that you know I do not like, um, they said, like, oh, this is just Christian propaganda. And I was just like, look, I don't like the movie. In fact, I mostly hate it. But at the same time, it's a point of view. 
you know, and like having a point of view is not wrong. And even if you make artistic choices to like bolster that point of view, I don't think that counts as propaganda. But I guess the question is, can it? Because I remember for a long time, I myself said that about like um, the films of Michael Moore, because in that instance, he would seem to be dealing in fact, but in fact, he is he's constructing stuff to bolster his point of view. But even now, I don't know if I consider that propaganda. Um, so that's so like those are where. Uh, yeah, where I well, start to get a little, a I hadn't little thought about, muddy. I hadn't thought about Sound of Freedom because let's go back to that. And I, and I haven't Be, seen that one, so I, I don't know. Neither have I. But um, so this isn't. But that actually, that actually will come up in a second. Okay. Isn't that movie funded by people who like fight sex trafficking or or, or that claim? Like, um, what I'm saying is, I believe it's like almost completely like crowdfunded like that it's from angel studios and that's mostly what they do but let's say okay just say as a for example let's say it was a movie that was founded by an organization that does this that would make it propaganda but also again getting back to the 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 conflict between these two different definitions yeah the way i use propaganda is just a fact it's not a value judgment a movie can be propaganda and be good like those why we fight movies those are those are good well that's that's the thing that... Oh, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so... I don't I, know. I think I made my point that, like, the way the other people are saying it are saying propaganda as if that is immediately understood to right. be a pejorative. To, yeah. Um, and to, it's to like, be a critique of the film. Like, as if yeah. a good film can't be propaganda. Yeah, and I think that people view it as, like, oh, well, if it's propaganda, it's less pure. You know? Meanwhile, you look at the films of Eisenstein, and yeah. he's, like doing such astonishing things and in a way his movies being propaganda were quite liberating for him because all he had to do was like all right yeah i'll make i'll make the soviet union look okay uh and that and then i can do whatever i want right great yeah you know and so it's it that's where things like get complicated and i agree with you it like people act like oh well if it's propaganda then it has no bearing it has no weight. It has nothing to add to the artistic conversation. And, um, and yeah, and so, yeah, so the conversation we're having is, like, what counts as propaganda? And even if it does, what about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be speculating here because I don't know entirely what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> but, hey, I'm a podcaster. I'm a white male podcaster that's literally our bread and butter. Damn uh, right. <laughs> um, but, because uh, you're talking about, obviously, coming from the right, you're seeing criticize, criticisms of movies like Barbie sure. coming from the right. I'll go the other way and say um, uh, there was a lot of uh, left-wing criticism of Top Gun Maverick for being military propaganda. Oh, okay. But, and I think this is where the line gets blurred because I don't think, you know, Tom Cruise and Paramount and everything made Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. But do you have to, like, if you're going to use fighter jets, yeah. do you does the, do you think that the military or the Air Force has to, like, sign off on some part of that? And does that, even if they're not funding it, does their approval make the movie more propagandistic? That's a good question because... You know, they're not the ones funding it. The idea did not originate with the military. And so, like, in this hypothetical, which I feel like, yeah, they had to have signed off on it, right? I mean, studios have a lot of money, but they don't have a lot of uh, a lot of jets just sitting around. $35 billion exactly. jets. Yeah. Um, did you hear about that jet that went missing? <laughs> no. They found its remains. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, they found its wreckage, I guess is the right word. Okay. Basically... Um, an Air Force pilot on like a training mission or something accidentally ejected. Oh my! And the plane just kept flying, and it was like a plane that is designed to be to evade radar. <laughs> they literally didn't know where the plane was until they found the wreckage. Luckily, it didn't like crash into a person or a house or a are you stadium. sure? Uh, 
Are you sure you're not thinking of uh, the sequel to Doctor Strangelove? <laughs> yeah. Because everything about that seems like a satire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and so... Oh, I didn't know that about Top Gun Maverick. That's interesting. Um, and so... And, yeah, and I saw, like, people... I wouldn't say people on the left, although I guess there's that, too. Uh, when they talk about nefarious, they say, like, oh, this is just an excuse for Christian or right-wing talking points. And my first thought was, like, well, that might be true, but, you know, the Republican Party did not fund the movie. And so then the question becomes, you know, if it's Christian propaganda, well, there is no official Christian organization that, like, unifies everybody, but it is a thing. It is like a, a larger body of people that believe a certain thing. And so is there, for example, such a thing as Christian propaganda? You know, if there's a, you know, if there's a movie funded by the Catholic Church, obviously, but I mean, the, in the larger sense, is there such a thing as Christian propaganda, left-wing propaganda, right-wing propaganda, um, if, if it's not like, if it didn't originate with an official group? Yeah, is I it, mean, that, to me, that's the dividing line. Is okay. like, there's definitely such a thing as left-wing propaganda. You mentioned Sergei Eisenstein. Sure, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I also recently watched for the first time, this is another, I'm not sure, uh, I watched for the first time 1972 Chilean documentary called The First Year okay. uh, with, by Patricio Guzman, who was like following the first year of Salvador Allende's presidency. Yeah. And he was very pro-Allende, uh, and was given a lot of access. Yeah. I don't know where the funding came from, yeah. anything, but like, I mean, that well, access could be the funding in a yeah, way, you know. Yeah, yeah, one could could lead to the mm. other. Um, but again, like this is what I'm talking about. That like, just because a movie is propaganda doesn't mean it's bad. Exactly. You know. Um, I mean, but then is there is there a point where a movie is the point that it's making? The arguments that it's making are so wrong right. that uh, I mean, I guess this is like the the birth of a nation question. Yeah, like, people used to. Luckily, I was not. I don't think you were either. I was not taught birth of, birth of a nation in film school. Um, um, I saw clips of it. Um, so weirdly, I saw clips of it in my high school. I had a history elective on the Civil War. Oh, interesting. And so the the teacher showed clips of it. In that context, yeah, which I think makes sense. Like, sure, really, yeah. Like, in, I, I, in in my uh, in my history of cinema class at Columbia, uh, I saw a, a clip from it, and uh, with some uh, heavy caveats from the teacher. Um, but I guess for a long time, the argument was that, like, no matter what Birth of a Nation is saying, the 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 steps forward in filmmaking technique used by D. W. Griffith make the movie worth teaching and I yeah. think there's been a lot of pushback on that yeah. I think there's that's drawn back a lot because it's like you can't separate the two and I guess the other yeah. question in that war propaganda class um, I watched um, Triumph of the Will oh yeah uh, which is like a, a, a similar thing where it's like Lenny Riefenstahl was a great documentarian yeah. and um, there's like some really stirring stuff in I there know. A little, context, a little too but, much. Yeah, but, but like, um, you can't say, I, like, I, I can't see myself saying, like, uh, I, I'm not going to put Triumph of the Will on a best movies of all time right. list. Uh, which this side, side, but this has nothing to do with our conversation. Um, uh, a, a listener was recently... Um, we were talking in the comments on, on some episode about the idea that like when the AV club did their list of the best TV series of the 2010s, yeah. like the hundred best, they didn't include Louie, which like feels like, uh, yeah. like at the time there would have been no question, Absolutely. but the, but the list was written. High. After, uh, it would yeah. have been high on the list. Um, and I like, I think I understand the decision to leave it off yeah. um, it's weird to not even mention it at all I guess right. but um, so by the same like there is no amount of good filmmaking in Birth of a Nation or Triumph of the Will that's going to land it on my best movies of all times I know. list uh, I didn't, and I mean, see, I I didn't guess... watch all of Olympiad in that class I saw clips of Olympiad oh, okay. and that's one that's like 
it is prop like it's propaganda. It was yeah. paid for by the Nazi Party to make Germany look great. But yeah. It doesn't have any of their, you know, that part of their platform, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe. It doesn't have Olympiad. any of their hallmarks. Yeah. So maybe Olympiad would be a better movie than Triumph of the Will because of that. I don't know. I haven't seen all of Olympiad. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's the thing is this is probably why people so often say that propaganda should not be taken seriously um, or that it makes it worse that that the word is is pejorative is because something like birth of a nation or uh or um triumph of the will where it's like like you said what it's doing and how it's doing it are so intertwined that like well in this case like with propaganda the movie is the message you know what i mean and so if the message is just so inherently wrong or propped up by an official organization of some kind then it's like well anything any attempt to convey it in a uh, in an effective way is just and that too is a function of the propaganda uh, of the propaganda machine and so yeah it's uh and yet and yet neither of us would bat an eye nobody would bat an eye on talking about Potemkin <laughs> like at all at yeah. all and like there's and I remember I was watching it I mean I showed it to my world history uh, classes and my uh, cinema history classes and and uh, I watched it uh, for the first time in several years and there's a scene where like you know there's a mob uh, you know talking about the revolution and then one guy goes like and down with Jews you know and everyone, right. everyone gets mad at him like hey yeah. that's not what we're about yeah. And that scene is pure propaganda because that's supposed to talk about, like, hey, the Russian Revolution, it was never anti-Semitic. Meanwhile, Joseph Stalin was maybe the most anti-Semitic, I'll say the second most anti-Semitic <laughs> yes. uh, world leader. Yeah. And so, like, so that choice is, I mean, that is a scene that only, ex or a moment that only exists because of... Uh, because the state needed it to or wanted it to. And so moments like that make me feel a little bit gross, you know? Yeah. Even, yeah, though, I, yeah. even though I love the movie. A um, couple things. One, one um, I always said that when I got older, I was not going to be one of those old people who was, talks about kids these days. But okay. it's inevitable. It sure. happens. I'm 41 now. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and I do find it troubling how m much of how many people seem to not be able to separate the quality of a work of art yeah. from whether or not they agree with it. You know, um, that's that's so it seems so such a cheap and superficial way to interact with art. But uh, here's another question I have. I'd say it's it's increasingly, and I don't even think it's a generational thing. I think it just has to do with the culture right now. That like, if you disagree something with something, nothing else about it matters. Mm. So I don't even think it's generational. Um, but I feel like you're actually more tapped in to the younger generation than I am. So maybe it is. I don't maybe, know. Yeah, I don't know. I think everyone's. Uh, I don't know. Everyone's pretty anyway, terrible. Uh, Got it. The other thing, yeah. The other thing I was gonna say. We were talking about Birth of a Nation, it reminded me that, um, oh, I'm forgetting who was president at the time. Birth of Wilson? a Nation? Uh, that'd be Wilson, yeah. He's so the one Wilson, like, he said it's like writing history of lightning. Yes, that's, yeah. So he, he endorsed it. You think about something like the Passion of the Christ and then going like to churches to show oh, yeah. Like, does a movie like that become like after the fact, like propaganda because of the way they're, like, people are ginning up, uh, uh, a, a group with a specific political cultural aim. Well, when you think about something like uh, uh, Black Klansmen and the fact that, like, that, like, Birth of a Nation was not meant as propaganda. It was a, uh, it was an adaptation of a novel that had a very specific point of view, wrong though it was, mm -hmm. and so he, that's what he's trying to do. But obviously, but like at the time, 
it actually inspired a lot of people to join the clan. And, like, when you see something like Black Klansmen, you see that, like, these clan members are using it to inspire themselves. Mm-hmm. Which, in general, it's like, wow. Like, how many modern people would be like, hey, let's all get together and watch a silent film. And, like, yeah. no, we're not movie buffs, but we're so on board with the wrongness of this movie yeah. that we're willing to uh, deal with something we never would. You know, they're not getting together to watch, uh, you know, uh, The Last Laugh or Sunrise. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm glad you mentioned Black Klansman because I think that goes back to the point we started with because remember how that movie ends drawing a, a direct comparison to yeah. the pres- what then present day and, and the yeah. aftermath of um, George Floyd's George Floyd's murder and the mar- the uh, white supremacist march in Charlottesville, right. like making that direct connection. That's the kind of thing that I think the people you're talking about would incorrectly call propaganda right. when it's really just Spike Lee, yeah, using his voice. Yeah, and there's like, I mean, going back to something like uh, like the Crucible, like using the past to comment on the present is not a new thing, right, but. Right. I, I, that's the thing is like I've noticed that so many people at least on at least on the right so many people will say like oh man like like I just like people just want to see movies for entertainment so like you know the left like injecting their their views into this like nobody wants that it's like well okay first off I guarantee you that the passion the Christ is not traditionally entertaining in the (laughs) normal sense of the word uh probably not sound of freedom either i haven't seen it but we're dealing with sex trafficking of children that is not by and large an entertaining idea um but they're okay with it because like in their mind like oh there's nothing wrong with this because we're just talking about the truth and so like their willingness to reduce what movies and what art should be when they come again, come up against somebody with a point of view or a message um, that they don't agree with, like I think some people might say that anything that uh, has some kind of message could be considered propaganda. Obviously, we don't agree with that, right, right. Yeah. but uh, but I feel like increasingly that's kind of how it is. People, uh, you know, normies as I call them. Um, just want uh, they just want entertainment until it comes time for their views to be reflected and then they're fine with it um, or I, mean, I feel like it's not so much that they want to see their views reflected and I think this is true of a lot of people as much as they don't want to see viewpoints they don't agree sure. with sure oh absolutely uh, yeah reflected I, I'm, I'm trying to remember um uh, I can't. I, I, I can't remember where this criticism came from, um, but like, so maybe I'm making a straw man. But I swear I saw something <laughs> like this. Like sitcoms. Well, I think the 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 example that was used was Community, which I can't really comment on because I have seen maybe two or three episodes. Of I've seen. Uh, uh, I've seen the whole show uh, uh, a couple times, but um, but I can also think of like. What's uh, Brit? Is that her name? Britta? Britta, yeah. Okay. So I guess my understanding is that she's like a sort of liberal character. Yeah, she's a liberal atheist. Uh, but like in, you know, a very posturing kind of way. So that's, if you look at shows like um, uh, Superstore, which I did watch, yeah. uh, the main character of there, whose name I'm forgetting, from Mad Men. Ginsburg from Mad Ben Feldman. Ben, yeah, yeah. His character is very much like the show's always making fun of him for, like, you know, uh, believing everything he hears on NPR and stuff like yeah, that. Okay, yeah. Um, you watch Abbott Elementary. It has uh, yeah. the 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 white the one white male teacher. It's just trying so hard. There, uh, there's Diane on Bojack yeah. Horseman. Like, the argument someone was making was that like a lot of shows that TV shows that would be thought of by the right as left. Yeah. propaganda do actually spend a lot of time making fun of the, yeah. the left too but that's not enough right because that's the thing is like in community 
there is a character named Shirley who is like a devout Christian and there will be entire episodes devoted to like the way that she's implementing her faith and now it's kind of judgmental and stuff like that um, and I'm sure a lot of people will be like be like oh this show is anti-Christian oh this show is anti-Christian um, but yeah like it makes fun of it makes fun of Britta just as much and I don't and I'd say there might even be like entire episodes or at least impl- entire plot lines devoted to her trying to be this thing uh-huh. like you know there's this scene where there's this plot line of one episode where she uh, become she's like good friends with a lesbian uh-huh. and she really likes to make people know it um, and then it's and then it uh, comes out that uh, the other girl is not a lesbian but thinks Britta is and so like they're trying really hard to like show how progressive they are so much so that they they realize like oh shoot we've just made major assumptions about people which is probably the exact opposite of what we're supposed to do Um, but yes I agree do you remember when Elaine was dating a guy she thought was black and he was dating her because he thought she was Latina Yeah, and at the end they're like yeah, because his name is Benes. Like, and they were like, so we're just a couple of white people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like having blinders on. They're like, if this is critical of me, that's all I'm going to see. Like, it should not be critical of me. Everyone else, sure. But the moment it, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, not in my backyard, as Jimmy Pardo would say. And, um, yeah, and so anytime that happens, I'm sure people are just like, well, this is just propaganda uh, yep. against my side or whatever. Um, I did, someone knocked on your door. Do we need to wrap, the, wrap this up? It's my brother. It's fine. Oh, we should probably wrap this up yeah. pretty soon, though. Um, I wanted to talk about other stuff that I saw in that propaganda class. Okay. Other, other stuff we talked about. Because, yeah, we watched Why We Fight, and, yeah. and we watched, like I said, Triumph of the Will. Now, did you guys, Go did you guys watch Animal Farm? Uh, no, not in that. Who made the, uh, that anima- well, the animated one? Yeah. Because I've seen the, the From the one. 50s? Yeah. Well, you know, at the time, it was just a movie that was released. It was an adaptation of George Orwell's novel. And only decades later did it come out that the CIA funded it. Oh, wow. And so it's like, and on one hand, it's like, well, this was a popular novel. But then it's like, okay, an anti-communism thing for seemingly for children coming out in the 50s like yeah that tracks yeah. i uh don't know how we all didn't assume it in the first place did you ever see uh i know you've seen los angeles plays itself it's yeah. great uh before that tom anderson made a documentary called red hollywood oh, um, which i haven't seen but i've heard great things it's about. awesome but i mean it's it was definitely a movie that would be considered by yeah. these people leftist propaganda where it's just him making a point but his point was that like the people who were blacklisted a lot of the people who were blacklisted were in fact communists, yeah. were in fact putting their communist ideals into their screenplays, yeah. and here are some examples, and aren't they all great? Yeah, well, and also <laughs> just, you know, for me, like, I don't agree with communism at all, but uh, it's fucking America. Do what you want. Yeah, you, know, yeah, it's you can do that. Put it um, in your movies. I don't care. Uh, we also watched, in that class, we watched some real racist stuff not Birth of a Nation okay but we watched like the Warner Brothers cartoons like with uh, Bugs like going undercover with the well it's called like okay you the one syllable version of the word Japanese you don't say that that's a slur Um, which I think confuses a lot of people because like a Jewish person is a Jew that's not a slur not a slur to say Jew but a Japanese person you don't say that well, and if but you it's in if the you, title, uh, what's that? If you shorten Hebrew, like that's right. one that's I've good. heard before. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that word is yeah. in the title of this uh, Bugs Bunny short, which yeah. was on the Laserdisc collection with like an intro. I can't, it was like Whoopi Goldberg or someone. Oh, okay. Maybe, did an intro like giving context to this? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we watched. It's from the Laserdisc. So that that was crazy. We also watched. Um, uh, Disney made shorts, uh, animated shorts. Uh, I'm sure there were some using their characters, but one they saw was so. This was 
post-World War II. This is in the Cold War period. Yeah. Um, uh, we spent a, 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 a lot of time actually talking about the good neighbor policy, which was uh, yeah. America basically, the U.S. basically trying to uh, sidle up, get close to Latin America yeah. to try and keep communism from taking root yeah. there. And uh, a lot of that stuff got real patronizing real quick. Oh, I'm sure. And so there was like this Disney, sh- this short that Disney made a bit, like basically like they sent it to Latin American countries. It was in Spanish, uh, and they also sent it to Brazil because like, apparently no one thought that like, oh yeah, they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. Anyway, yeah. um, that was like literally teaching them how to be cleaner. It is oh my so oh my so condescending and patronizing. Well, and, and also I mean. There were features. There was uh, the Three Caballeros um, in the 1940s, um, which was admittedly like uh, just a collection of like short things. And I feel like there was another one with, man, with a Spanish title. And I don't remember, but yeah, those were those were made pretty much like they're good in and of themselves. But it was very clear in retrospect, like I was part of the the good neighbor policy. Um, the other movies that we watched in that class that really stick out to me, going back to World War II, there were two different movies that had two very different messages that were clearly meant for American women during World War II okay. on the home front. So we watched um, Press and Surges, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, okay. which is a movie that, like, knowing what the code was, the Hayes Code was, right. watching it now in a vacuum, you go... How the hell did this movie get past the Hayes Code? Right. The whole premise of the movie is that the night before a bunch of soldiers are about to ship off, one woman has sex with five different soldiers, gets pregnant, and doesn't know which one the father is. Oh this is a 1944 gosh. movie. That's crazy. But our teacher, Ron Falzone, yeah. contextualizes it as saying, like, there was a concerted effort to, as a way to encourage men to join, young men to join the military, yeah. to subtly suggest to young women like hey maybe you could be a little we we can loosen up some of those morals yeah. a little bit for our 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 fighting our fighting boys yeah um and then the other one uh we watched so there were i i was always familiar with blondie as a comic right. strip you know yeah. dagwood and stuff like that but there were also a series of blondie films yeah yeah and the one we watched was blondie for victory which is a movie in which blondie becomes so dedicated to like raising money for the war effort and war bonds and stuff yeah. that she neglects her duties as a homemaker, wife and mother. Okay. And so the the part of the point of the movie is like don't, you know, do your part on the home front by keeping uh your your home <laughs> nice and making sure that your family is boy talk fed. about missed messages yeah. where it's like we want everyone to buy war bonds and we need people to sell them but not you <laughs> yeah or just not so much not half the population. that there's not dinner on the table exactly. at 6 p.m or whatever um, uh, so those I, I just wanted to talk, talk about movies we watched in that class and those were some that stuck out to me well and i did want to mention something you were talking about which was like when groups will use a film or a work of art um, that is not propaganda at all, and they will use it for their purposes. And in doing so, they kind of maybe taint that film or a work of art a little bit. Like, you hear it all the time that, like, uh, a a political candidate will use, like, a song. And the artist's like, this is not not what I intended for this. And it's tough, because on one hand, it's like, yeah, but you put the song out and people can take inspiration for it if they want. But yeah, the, but, but there's the impl- other, they're also allowed to speak up and say, exactly. like, hey, don't, like, Exactly, um, yeah. But then I also think... You hear Eminem has asked Vivek Ramaswamy to stop playing Lose Yourself? Yeah. <laughs> not asked. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Eminem's not the most polite fellow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but... Uh, uh, but then I think of a movie uh, like M where they started using images of Peter Lorre in Germany as like, ah, this is your typical Jew. Mm. You know, like sneaky and swarthy and that sort of thing. Um, And you started to see like uh, Peter Lorre's photos from that movie uh, show up in, on like posters and stuff. Mm. And so when I think about that, 
I think I'm like, oh man, why do you gotta go and ruin a great movie? And of course they didn't ruin the movie, but I'm sure for some people they can't think of M, you know, maybe people of a certain age, they can't think of M without associating it with how someone used it. Yeah. Um, when, when Natalie and I were in Berlin, we toured um, Sachsenhausen, the yeah. concentration camp. Um, and you're allowed to take pictures at Sachsenhausen, yeah. except for there was one, uh, there was one of the barracks a long time ago was vandalized and burned by neo-Nazis. Yeah. They reconstructed the barracks and then turned that barrack into a museum. Okay. And that museum has a ton of anti-Jewish propaganda from the time. Sure. That's the one place at Sacklinghausen you were not allowed to take pictures. Oh. Because they're like, here it's contextualized and people understand. Right. If you take a picture of this and share it on Instagram, yeah. out of context, it could be... Yeah. Them. So uh, it's the only place you're not allowed to take pictures at Sacklinghausen. And when you think about it, like... You know, the internet has turned all kinds of stuff into propaganda. Pepe the Frog, for example, yeah. was yeah. never meant to be that, and then suddenly he's considered, like, a hate symbol. And there's a documentary about the uh, the artist. Yeah, it's called Feels Good Man. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't watched it, but it's, I think about it. I'm sure it is, because, like, apparently the guy's just, like, really soft-spoken and nice, and it's like, And also um, just, like, so not... Like, not that I'm, like, super online, but he's, yeah. like, so not versed in the internet that you just feel, like, yeah. bad for him. Such like, a shame. He's, like, like, he wants to undo this thing, and it's, like, there's and, no... Yeah, he can't no ring a bell. Yeah. Um, um, and then there's also, uh, you know, the Gadsden flag, the Don't Tread on Me yeah. flag, which has been used so much by, like, white supremacist organizations... I know. ...that um, the fact that it, like, flies officially places, people yeah. have said, like... Should we take that down? And it's tough because that one's like, I mean, yeah, it's a great example where like, this is never meant to be that. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it isn't that. For most people, I'd say, but the idea that someone wants to like appropriate it and use it solely for their purposes, it's just like, oh, they're taking away, taking it away mm -hmm. from people that are like actual patriots and you know are are like um, proud of like. Or, or knowledgeable about, like, the American Revolution, and somebody says, like, no, that's ours now. Um, mm -hmm. And in a way, like, I feel that way about The Babadook, where, like, uh, <laughs> like it was a horror movie that has nothing to do with, like, uh, uh, gay rights or anything like that, but because it was miscategorized uh, on Netflix, it became this icon... <laughs> And it's like, you know... Is that where that started? Yeah. Oh, okay. It literally was put in the wrong, in the wrong category. Um, but, I mean, I think... But do... I mean, do what you want. But also, I'm not like against everyone, it. There's a tongue-in-cheek. Absolutely, But then yes. again, not everyone gets that. Like, yeah. I still, to this day, every time I see a Ron DeSantis or someone use the word woke, like, as yeah, a serious exactly. thing, I still have to roll my eyes because it's yeah. like... This was, like, the word... Yeah. It wasn't even a real word. It was, like, made up as a kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek... Oh, yeah. Like, catch-all. Oh, tongue-in-cheek does not exist anymore, I think. <laughs> uh, it's safe to say. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, to kind of wrap up, because we should end, um, yeah. you know, so, the, the title of this episode is, uh, What is Propaganda? And I oh, think we... Okay. Oh, that's how I pitched it, sorry. Okay. Um, and so, you know... Our answer essentially comes down to where did it start, and yeah, and but also the idea that even if something is propaganda, doesn't mean there's all kind doesn't mean there isn't all kinds of really substantial and influential uh, and effective artistic choices being made. You know? And also, just because you disagree with a movie doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Exactly. Exactly. Up to a point, obviously, and that's. You know, we can quibble over the line there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fairly subjective. But, uh, but yeah, I just got so tired of seeing people say that about just a movie they don't agree with. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's going to happen. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, we define propaganda. Absolutely. Oof. Well done, us. Uh, you can find me at battleshipretention.com. Email me at Davey. No, not there. Email me at david at battleshipretention.com. Follow me on, t on Twitter and Blue Sky at 
Davey Pretension. Mm. Um, and uh, check out my other podcast, The One Where I Met Your Mother. This this show is propaganda for The One Where I Met Your Mother. That's right. Uh, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother that, that I do with my wife. Yeah, uh, we got Natalie, some of that. Is, uh, <laughs> we got some of that sweet. How I, uh, uh, the One Where I Met Your Mother, right? Wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got some of that. Sweet one where I met your mother money. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just coasting. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. I don't use that one very much, but I do use at More Lessons uh, on Twitter. And uh, Find and out I, when Tyler's in a bad mood. Find, find out, out when, when I'm in a bad mood. Find out when Tyler's in the dumps. And then also find out when I uh, randomly say, like, hey, what's everyone's favorite sci-fi movie or whatever? <laughs> um but yeah, so uh, and it's a and you know, it's a good way to engage with me if you want to like check in with how I'm doing or direct message me. Um, it's always nice to get messages from people. So and Twitter is a really good way to do that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.